Good morning. There we go. We're the Chris Stelling family. This is my son, Henry, daughter, Sarah, and my wife, Dana. And we'll present the reading this morning while I light the candles for the Advent wreath. Throughout the month of December, we have been reading scripture and lighting candles on the wreath that represent hope, faith, joy, and love that we experience as we reflect on Jesus, our Savior born for us. This morning, we light the white candle, which helps us to remember that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We recall again that Isaiah said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This light is Jesus, and he is the light that comes into the world and shines opal people. Matthew 2, 1 and 2, 9 through 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray. Oh, holy God, as we light this candle that represents Christ, we celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and light of the world. As his light shines in our hearts and homes, may we remember the true meaning of Christmas, the gift of your love and grace. We ask that you help us to live a life that reflects what you have done for us. Thank you for the hope, peace, joy, and love that this Advent season has brought into our lives. We welcome the birth of Jesus with open hearts and gratitude. In his name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, if we haven't been introduced yet, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. I want to welcome those joining us online. Happy birthday, Dad. I know you're watching today. I uh, just want to thank uh, the Stelling family for doing another reading this morning. We've been having beautiful Advent readings throughout the month, and I've been so blessed as we've been going through this series of songs of the season as we've been looking at different Christmas carols that we sing in church, that we hear in the stores, and we've looked at just what does the scripture teach about these songs and how do they remind us of the coming Savior. And I know that you might, might have come in today. Today's December 31st and thought maybe we're done with Christmas. One more week. I, I pray that it will bless you today as we talk through one more song today. Right, I want to begin with this. Do you have any Christmas traditions that carry on through the final week of December? For my family, we love to watch a movie called The Grinch, and it's the 2018 uh, version of The Grinch. It's the new one. And our kids begin to ask for this movie starting in February, <laughs> to which we emphatically say, no. <laughs> 
No, and then we'll, we'll get requests for this in July as well, but we tell them November 1st is when that movie becomes eligible for us to be able to watch. So we, we watched that movie on November 1st. <laughs> and uh, I would say that we have probably watched it close to seven times so far but through the month of November and December. But we really do love to watch that movie. We wake up on Christmas morning, and we eat breakfast together, and then we read uh, the Christmas story, then open presents, and then before we head over to family, we watch The Grinch. And then, as you probably guessed it, there's one more day in December today, and there's been a request to watch The Grinch. Uh, but I, I really do love that movie. It, it's a, we laugh together as we watch it, and there's a particular scene that I laugh at every time. And uh, maybe if there, are there any kids in the room that, that love this movie? Maybe just raise your hand. I see a few. Yeah, today's Family Worship Sunday. So I wanted to talk about the Grinch. But anyway, there's a particular scene that, that I love, and it is the Christmas caroler scene where the Grinch has, throughout the year, run out of food because he's done too much emotional eating, and he needs to go into town to the grocery store at the peak time of Christmas season. And as he is walking through the streets, he comes upon a group of Christmas carolers that catch him. And you'll see these pictures on the screen. He's closing his ears. He doesn't want to hear anything that they say. And then they follow him and they chase him until they chase him into the store. Now, I, I laugh at this movie and uh, reflect on it. But as I think back over the past year, and I think back to January and February, the beginning of the year, how I kind of became a Grinch of sorts. And it's hard to describe, but I'll begin with this. Last December was a deep, meaningful time of worship for me. As we sing the, the Christmas songs throughout the Sundays of the month, and on Christmas Eve, and at the Christmas night of worship, I really had a deep time of worship. I also did Advent readings daily that reminded me and prepared my heart for the coming of the Savior. And then I, I had a, a really good time celebrating Christmas with family. But then when January rolled around last year, or this past year, it's almost as if something shifted in my mind. And it's almost as if I forgot everything, all the truth that I filled myself with. And if I were to describe it, those, those two months was a time where I just felt dismay and anxiety. And I, I began to question it, is what I'm doing with my life having any impact on anybody? And um, just fears and fear of failure. And what happened is I would come up and I would lead worship, and I, and I hope it's okay to say this as your worship pastor from time to time, but like I, I would lead worship and I just didn't feel anything. It just felt sad. And I, I would begin to emotionally with, withdraw from people. I, I, I was present, but I was just starting to emotionally withdraw. And I, I've, gone, you know, I've gone through days of this, but then days turned into a couple months, and I began to get a little bit worried about myself. So I began talking about it with people. I, I, I talked about it with the guys in my life group, and they prayed over me. And I started digging into the Word even deeper. And then in the summer, I went through a rooted experience with staff and over time, as I began to focus on what Jesus has done for me and the promises that he's made, it lifted me out of that. But I bring this up today because I stand here on December 31st, with tomorrow going into January, and you can probably know what's on my mind. But there's a song 
that speaks deeply to my soul and what I want to carry into the new year this year. It's this. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. <laughs> we got to get to the end of the month where Adrian and Jordan have been preaching, and we <laughs> I get to sing it. I get to sing it. But then we get, from God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. O tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Right now, some of you may, um, you may have connected with me on the story that I just shared, and you may not have. But I would bet that all of us have brought in something throughout the year that's caused fear, that's caused anxiety, and maybe some dismay. And from the words of that Christmas carol and then the words of scripture that we're going to look into today, this is the word that I want us to take away. And it's remember. Remember. Remember the good news of who sustains your soul. Now, would you pray with me as we continue? Uh, so, Lord, I, I'm so thankful for those words. I'm so thankful for the promise that we have in you. And uh, as we have reflected over this Christmas season, as we continue to reflect today, God, may we remember the reason why you came. And not forget, but we need your word implanted in our hearts, and we need your Holy Spirit to remind us. So, God, I would ask that today. For all of us here in the room, would you remind us? God, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Remember the good news of who sustains your soul. You know, the, the song, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, no one really knows who wrote that Christmas carol. It's kind of like when you gather around a, a bonfire and someone says, hey, let's sing Kumbaya, and you're like, I don't really know who wrote that song, but you just kind of know the song. It's one of those Christmas songs that came about. It came about in the 16th century, and it came at a time when you would go to church, you would attend mass, and all of the songs were slow and somber and sorrowful. And even more, all the songs at that time were in Latin, it was in a language that no one understood. But they were experiencing a revival at that time. They were looking to the Christmas story, and they wanted to be able to express the good news that they were experiencing. So kind of in an act of rebellion of sorts, people began to start singing songs, uh, Christmas songs in the streets. And it was even said in London at night, the, watch, the night watchmen who would walk the streets, they would sing this song. Just imagine you stick your head out the window, and you hear this melody echoing through the streets. I bet it was a very, very beautiful sound. 
Now, we, we hear these words, God rest ye merry gentlemen, and it's not really words that we speak today, and kind of how language changes over time, some of the words meant something different at that time. So we say, God rest ye merry gentlemen, when they would say the word rest, what they meant was, may God keep you. And then when we think of the word merry, we think of happy, right? You know, when we say Merry Christmas, sometimes we can also say Happy Christmas. But what the word Merry meant was strong. So it's almost as if we're singing now these days, May God keep you strong, ladies and gentlemen. May he keep you strong. But I tell you what, last January and February, I did not feel that. I felt weak. This is why I want to open God's word today. How do we do this? How do we stand in that promise? May God keep you strong today. We're going to go to Hebrews 2. This is one of my favorite Christmas passages. It's not usually read during the month of December, but it speaks about to the purpose of why Jesus came. So we're going to go into Hebrews 2, beginning in verse 14. All right, since the children have flesh and blood. And this is speaking about you and I. This is speaking about us who are made in the image of God. This is humanity. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. All right, let's pause there. This is speaking about what we celebrate every December, that Jesus, a baby, was born in Bethlehem in a manger. You might recall from the message last week, uh, Pastor Adrian's message, or even if you watch Charlie Brown Christmas, Linus, what he speaks is this. And the angels appeared to the shepherds while they were keeping their watch at night. And he said, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today is born in Bethlehem a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the good news that they proclaimed. And I can come to Christmas sometimes and I can say, oh, I've heard that before. And it can just pass right over my shoulder. But we need to focus on why he came. Again in verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I mean, do you hear it? Do you hear the good news in this? Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Why? To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I think it's so crucial that we regularly look at passages like this because it reminds us to remember why Christ came. So, so here's a, question, a couple questions for us to think about. Where is it that you regularly go to find tidings of comfort and joy? Where is it that you regularly go to find tidings of comfort and joy? And also this, doesn't it seem like right now, fear of death seems to take hold of our society? I mean, just think about when you watch the nightly news. It might go something with a flow like this. All right, bad news. There's war. 
it's increasing. The death toll is, is rising. And we don't really know if there's any end in sight where there's going to be peace. All right, bad news. Uh, the candidate that you support is losing, and the candidate that you fear is going to be in power looks like they're gaining ground. Bad news. Grocery prices are rising, inflation is rising, and it's going to be hard to afford the things that you need on a daily basis. And then bad news, and then bad news, but then they end it with this. So here, here's just a little bit of good news. There's a, a grizzly bear in Montana who saved a family of kittens from a tree. <laughs> I just made that up, but, but you get the point. You get the point. They give you something a little feel-good to try to help sustain you. All right, so we go back to the news the next day. Bad news, the war is increasing. Bad news, the candidate that you support has dropped out of the race, and the candidate that you're afraid of getting into power is looking like they're gaining even more ground. Bad news, inflation is continuing to increase. And these, honestly, these are things that we deal with every day, and they do our concerns. But imagine this. If they were to go to that good news section, and they were to share that exact same story about this grizzly bear in Montana, what does your heart do? It sinks. But this isn't what they do. They always share something a little bit different because they want to give you something to sustain you. But these stories, they do nothing to sustain our souls. And if I'm not careful, hear me on this. When we come to the Christmas story every year, we can treat it the exact same way. When it's proclaimed to us good news of great joy for all people, we can approach it like, I've heard this before. And it can just pass over our shoulder. And as I think back to January and February last year, I think that that's what might have happened. But this is the good news of Christmas, and we need to remember this, that we go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, and we make the kind of the same choice to where God gave them a command. But they chose to do what is right in their own eyes. They sinned, they disobeyed. Now think of it, I do that exact same thing. And then times eight billion, times eight billion for the whole world, and then you have pain, and you have suffering, and you have people hurting each other. But that is not the end of the story. Jesus Christ came as a baby. He was born in Bethlehem and he lived a perfect life, spotless on our behalf, so that he could go to the cross and pay for all of our sins. But yet that's not the end of the story. He rose from the grave. And as Hebrews 2 says, because that he died and he rose, death no longer has any grasp over us anymore. And that is good news. That is good news that can sustain your soul. But we need to remember. We need to remember this. I love how Colossians 1.13 puts it. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He's brought us from the kingdom of darkness. For those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ who's rescued us, he's brought us into the kingdom of light. But yet we're still in the world. We still experience the brokenness of this world. So how do we do this on a daily basis to live in the kingdom of light? 
continues in Hebrews 2, in verse 17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. I want to leave that verse up for a little bit. Let's just sit in it. Fully human in every way when Jesus was born. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. All right, this is the hope of Christmas that Jesus, fully God, fully God, entered into our world. He was born as a baby and he became fully man. And he knows what it's like to experience temptation. He knows what it's like to experience weakness, to experience hunger and thirst and longing. He knows what it's like for his friends to pass away, to die. He experienced that with Lazarus, and he talks about how Jesus wept and he had compassion. He also knows what it's like to experience death because he went, he was obedient even to the point of death and death on the cross. But here is still the good news today that Jesus is risen and it talks about in Acts 1 how he ascended to the Father and he is still sitting at his right hand and he is a merciful and faithful high priest who is able to help us today. Today. Christmas began with Jesus in a manger The hope of Christmas began with Jesus in a manger, and it still continues today with him seated at the Father's right hand. So when we come across this, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Our English word for this is help. And sometimes that's hard because sometimes we offer help begrudgingly. I think when I was growing up, uh, I think about when I was growing up and my brother might have been in the basement and I was crying out for my parents' help and I continued to cry out for my parents' help and we could hear my mom say, would you help your brother, right? This isn't Jesus. This isn't the portrait of Jesus. I love the word in the original language of the text. The word is "succor," And this is what it literally means to run to the cry of a child. To give help when it is needed. And this is what it is describing a Jesus, our Savior, our merciful and faithful high priest. He doesn't give help begrudgingly. When we come to him, he gives it willingly. Because he is merciful and he is faithful. And because he became fully man, he knows what it's like to be tempted. And he is able to help us when we feel weak. And that is good news of Christmas, isn't it? So how do we do this on a daily basis? Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, considering everything that we just read, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. 
And I know this is true of me. If I don't fix my eyes on Jesus, I'll begin to fix my eyes on something else. And whatever it is, it is not enough to give you good news that will sustain your soul. So I asked this question earlier, and I'm going to ask it again. Where is it that you regularly go to find tidings of comfort and joy? I know for me in uh, December, mid-December, I kept on checking Twitter. I have to raise my hand on this one because I was checking to see, is Dylan Raiola going to come to Nebraska? I was looking for tidings of comfort and joy. <laughs> and then maybe some of us in the room, as we leave here today, I'm going to be checking my fantasy football team to see if I'm going to win my championship finally, right? Tidings of comfort and joy. But a little bit more on a serious note. Maybe we are checking the stock market because we have money invested and we, ever, we know that it is ever-changing and we're just looking for a little bit of good news. Or inflation to decrease. Or even just the bombardment of news that's going to be coming our way in 2024. And it's going to be coming. Where is it that you regularly go to find tidings of comfort and joy? So here's a few things that may help us remember the good news. Just a couple of practices. I don't like the word resolutions because I always fail by the end of January. But here's a few practices that maybe we can do to help us remember the good news of who sustains our souls. Number one, scripture before screen. Again, I think about this back in January and February. What I was going to first was screen. And I am so convinced that added to my dismay during that time of year, because again, I was focusing on things that were not sustaining my soul. Because what you intake will take hold of your soul. What you intake regularly will take hold of your soul. So it's getting into God's word regularly. And for me, I began to use a resource called the Bible Project. And it's an amazing resource that has videos, that has podcasts, that has classes, and it really teaches you the depths of God's word. There's some friends of mine that use something called the Bible Recap, and it takes you through a passage each day, and then it recaps what you've just read to help you understand as you grow in your faith, as you dig into God's word. On January 22nd, we're going to be starting another session of Rooted. Back in the fall, we, were, we did a 10-week series, and we also did a 10-week study where groups got together, and we had over 900 people getting invested and rooted, and it was life-changing for so many. And if you're looking for community to get, the, get with to study the Word of God, Rooted is going to be a great way to do it. You can find the information in your handout if you want to find out some more information. Our care groups are also going to be starting up on January 22nd, a way for you to get into community to get into God's word so that maybe we can get into the practice of scripture before screen. And then number two, write it down. I always convince myself that whenever I read something or I hear an answered prayer that I'm going to remember it, and I never do. <laughs> I never do. Get into the practice of writing it down. You have a prayer request that you're bringing to God or maybe a prayer request that a friend is bringing to God. Write it down. And when God answers it, you write that down as well so that you can go back 
and you can see his faithfulness over time. And then number three, number three, remember the good news by sharing the good news. Every teacher in the room will tell you this, that you learn more when you teach. You remember more when you share something that you love. So when we begin to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us, what he's doing in the world, we begin to have it uh, sink into our soul and it helps us to remember. Someone once told me, and, and this is a line that I'm gonna hang on to, that if you don't share your faith, you begin to lose your faith. And I'm not saying that you lose your salvation, that's not what I'm saying, but you begin to lose the love of the good news if you're not regularly sharing it, or you begin to even forget the good news that is happening in your life for what Jesus has done. Remember the good news by sharing the good news. Write it down, and also scripture before screen, and maybe if we do these practices, as we get them in our soul, it would help us to remember the good news of the one who sustains our souls. I'm gonna end with this, there's a verse of uh, God rest you merry gentlemen, that's not often sung. It's like verse, verse six or something. I'm not really sure. But I wanted to end with this today as we remember. And it's this. Fear not, then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a savior of a pure virgin bride. To free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. It's tidings of comfort and joy. Have you put your trust in him? Again, when we go and we seek tidings and comfort and joy and other things, we begin to lose it. Have you put your trust in the one who frees us from the power of death and the grasp of Satan has over us? Now, this, this may be the Christmas song that you, last Christmas song you sing of the season, probably for me too. But I pray that you carry the melody of it and the truth of it with you as we go into the new year. May he keep you and may he keep you strong today. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord Jesus, we, we give you praise because of all that you've done for us. And just to think of this, that you are fully God, Jesus, and you are still fully man. And on our behalf, we can come to you for help in whatever we need. And you give it willingly. I'm so thankful for that and the good news of Christmas, that we no longer have fear of death, but we have hope and faith and love and joy in our Savior who provides it to us every moment of every day. Uh, so Lord, I pray for my friends in this room. As we step into the new year, and maybe this past year was full of hope, and maybe for some of us this past year was full of disappointment, and it was full of sorrow. But it is still true today that you provide hope and you provide joy and love for us to stand strong. 
God, we thank you for all of this. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.